One might think that the contentiousness of our current political climate is something relatively new and recent, uh, but way back in 1996, before social media was a big deal, an entire issue of the American political journal First Things uh, was a symposium, and the title of it was The End of Democracy. The symposium was in response to the perception that the Supreme Court, as well as high-level circuit courts of appeal, had usurped the place of the legislative branch of our government. And the journal was not asking simply whether this had happened. Rather, the question was whether our nation had reached the point, this is in 1996 again, where, I quote, conscientious citizens can no longer give moral assent to the existing regime. This was, and is still, I think, a startling question, a question of the legitimacy of our government. Americans have asked this question at least twice before in our history, at the time of the Revolution and in the ensuing debates about the Constitution, and then by southern states at the time of the Civil War. Mention of this indicates the danger of such questions, the dangerous situation we find ourselves in, or at least those circumstances that cause us to ask these questions. And I bring this up because of the connection between political legitimacy and what the editors called moral assent. And I'd like to strengthen the idea of this uh, moral assent for you. In a classical sense, Moral, the word moral, simply refers to mores, a way of life, customs, set patterns of behavior, conventions in clothing, speech, diet, work, and so on. And so moral assent could simply mean, or could be confused with, simply going along with what the culture deems normal, going along with its laws, staying out of trouble. And to this extent, it would seem that most of us Americans... Uh, with the notable exception of some high-ranking politicians, perhaps, uh, give moral assent to the regime that promulgates the laws. We don't go around breaking the laws conscientiously, in other words. But this assent to laws and customs is merely a question of assent to the legality of the regime. It's not really about legitimacy. Those are two separate ideas. And these two ideas of legality following the laws and legitimacy, giving assent in our hearts to who has the authority, to whomever has the authority to rule over us, these have always been separated in Western political thought. As the Italian philosopher Giorgio Agamben has recently pointed out, Agamben connects these two ideas to two more theological ideas, which is why I'm bringing him up today. Theological ideas of eschatology in Catholic theology, Ironically, perhaps, of last things, not first things. So how does he connect these uh, ideas? Realized eschatology, the idea that the world has already ended with Christ's resurrection, that the kingdom of God is already in our midst, this corresponds to legitimacy. Because Christ, the true authority, has entered in on his reign. He is the one true king, as we celebrate today. All earthly authority can only participate in this legitimacy. 
It has none of its own by any other mechanism. Future eschatology is the other idea that Catholics have of eschatology. And this means that the end times are delayed in some mysterious way. They're not yet fully manifest. So even though Christ is the king of the universe, we obviously see many places in the universe where this doesn't seem to be obvious, right? There are many people who don't believe in Christ. Uh, There are many who don't do his will and so on. This corresponds to legality. So again, laws that are promulgated by any earthly authority are contingent to some extent. They acknowledge the fact that we live in a contingent time. Uh, The laws that we have could be different from what they are, and they're always changing, in fact. This is why we have a legislative branch. We need legislators to take into account changing circumstances and adjust the law in accordance with justice. The contingency that we see in laws is a sign that we still live in the time in between, in between the resurrection and the full future manifestation of Christ's kingdom. And in this in-between time, legality and legitimacy have to be held apart. They have to be poles held in tension. They can't be reduced to each other. And as I said, I felt like the editors of First Things kind of collapsed these two ideas by saying moral assent. Now, we could put it this way. If a regime wishes to be legitimate in the hearts of its citizens, first of all, it has to be bound by its own laws. It has to be legal, right? And this is one of the problems we have. There's a widespread feeling that our politicians don't follow the law or use the law as an instrument for their own personal use. Furthermore, if a regime wants to be legal, it needs to pass laws that in some way correspond to natural law, to divine law that the laws and regime itself is felt by us as human beings to be legitimate, to represent reality in some way. Now, this is all pretty abstract, so I'm going to uh, uh, move to something more practical, even if it's important in a time when the legitimacy of Western liberalism is receiving its strongest challenge. So let me conclude by quoting Giorgio Agamben once more, but applying it to our everyday life. So part of his claim is that the church has been part of the problem that we're seeing. The church herself is at grave risk today of losing sight of eschatology, remembering the last things, keeping them in mind. And so in this context, uh, our philosopher friend writes this, Courage is the capacity to keep oneself connected with one's own end. And by end, he means this choice for eternal life the goal to which we want to go, the choice for Christ's kingship. By connecting this goal to courage, Agamben is saying that this choice is not something we'll simply get to make at the end when Christ appears. It'll be too late then, in a sense. Nor is it a choice that we've already made, but it's something we need to make every moment because it's hard. It requires courage to stand up for Christ's kingdom in our world. So the choice is whether to enthrone Christ in my heart at every moment, in everything I do. Whether I will do this or whether I will allow the world, the flesh, and the desire of the eyes to hold sway in my life. So the challenge for us today on the celebration of Christ the King is to stay connected to our goal, 
even though it doesn't seem obvious in our world when you go to work or you walk down the street, uh, even if you, know, you can't wish people Merry Christmas these days, supposedly, all these things make it seem like Christ's kingdom is far away and it's something that we don't have to think about. But in fact, at every moment, we're asked to stay connected to our goal, to remember where we're going, and by our actions to choose and legitimate Christ as our king at every moment. This really does require courage, as you probably know better than us monks. This requires the mindset of a soldier to take every thought captive for Christ. The intersection of all of this stuff I'm talking about, as Agamemnon himself says in his book on this, is the Holy Liturgy. Here today, gathered before Christ's altar, we are most fully present to realized eschatology. Christ really is in our midst. We are with all of the saints and angels. We are gathered at the cross, where the one sacrifice of Christ. We're gathered at the one altar. We are with all of the holy ones who've received the good news. They're all present with us here. That's why we have icons of saints and angels with us. This is the center of our reality, and it's from here that we receive the courage, this virtue, the fortitude, to live as true members of Christ's kingdom. When we leave here and enter back into the world where it's not fully realized yet, that contingent space out there of future eschatology rather than the realized eschatology of the Mass, when we re-enter that space of legality rather than the place of legitimacy, will we bring to the world a heart that assents at every moment to Christ's legitimate kingship? Or will we slide back into a merely legalistic mindset, just staying out of trouble and hoping for the best? Here we see again how courage really is about staying connected to our goal, to the kingdom of God, whenever we're goaded into fear or anger or anxiety, despondency, defensiveness, acquisitiveness, whatever it is that tries to shake us from focusing on our goal. At these moments of temptation, let us strive to enthrone Christ in our hearts and choose for goodness, for honor, hope, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these, there is no law. Rather, there is simply the presence of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus Christ, to whom be power and glory forever and ever.